Hey everybody, here on the Packaday Podcast, we're all about look good, play good, and that's why I'm super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Oakley is changing the game and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, work out, or just want to look like Aaron Jones? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today. Last season, I saw Aaron Jones wearing his signature Oakley sunglasses and I knew I had to have a pair. My Oakleys fit me perfectly and I've loved Oakley style since I was a kid. There's just that extra boost of confidence I get when I'm wearing them and that's why I wear them every single day. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses that allow for an expression of your own unique personality, there's more than meets the eye. With summer just around the corner, you're going to want to upgrade your sunglasses game right now. Check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair. Personally, I'm a huge fan of the frog skins. Did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? What the hell is that, you ask? It's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? I know you do, so head over to oakley.com and uh, do your own research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglasses brands in my life, and I can assure you, Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head over to oakley.com for more information today. Before we jump into the main portion of our episode today, I figured we'd kick things off right away with our new special segment brought to you by Oakley. If you haven't had a chance yet, head to oakley.com and check out their all-new sunglasses, and trust me, you're not going to be disappointed with your purchase. I know I wasn't. The new segment with Oakley is the more than meets the eye segment, and today we're going to be going over a player that played the most special team snaps a season ago for the Packers. Any idea who that might be? Going once, going twice, is actually Tyler Davis. Tyler Davis played 344 snaps on special teams a season ago with a 65.4 grade per PFF, which is actually a pretty darn good uh, special teams grade. A lot of their grades uh, aren't super high for special teams. So 65.4, actually a pretty solid grade, certainly above average. And again, played the most special team snaps of any Green Bay Packer a season ago with 344. Also was credited with seven special teams tackles per PFF as well. By the way, he also played 175 snaps of offense, had a 56.7 grade, so below average. I had him even, I would say, probably a little bit below that, didn't have a super high grade on him. Most of that was due to one really bad game, but he actually had a 62.7 run blocking grade a season ago per PFF and a 70.2 run blocking grade in 2021. And of course, Mercedes Lewis is gone. Luke Musgrave and, you know, first of all, Luke Musgrave not known for his blocking prowess. Tucker Craft, another rookie tight end, and we're going to see what he can bring to the table as a blocking tight end. Josiah DeGuara, more of that H-back fullback. There's a real chance that this team is looking for more of a run blocking tight end to play a larger role, and that very well could be Tyler Davis. And the other thing here too is I thought he had a really nice start of OTAs before missing mini camps with some injury. We don't know exactly what it was. Hopefully he's able to be back for, you know, for training camp, but we've, we've been talking a lot this offseason about Samore Toure and how the coaches can't stop talking about him. And you know who that player was a season ago? Tyler Davis. It was the name that coaches and GMs and everyone else could not seem to keep out of their mouth in Green Bay. He ended up having a really tough preseason. He still ended up making the 53-man roster, made the most out of his season, became the core member of Rich Bisaccia's special teams. It wasn't Rudy Ford. It wasn't Keyshawn Nixon. It was, it was Tyler Davis who played the most snaps. And here's the thing. I think he could be in line for more blocking snaps this season. I think he could be a better all-around tight end. He could have a Robert Tunyon-type breakout from when Tunyon you know, actually broke out and started to have uh, a better career. And I want to say like his second or third year in Green Bay. And I still 
still think he could end up being the top snapped special teams player this season for Rich Passaccia as well. Now, I'm not hoping they take, he, you know, he ends up taking a ton of snaps from Tucker Craft or Luke Musgrave. I want to see those guys play a ton this season and grow with Jordan Love. But I definitely think there's more than meets the eye with Tyler Davis. And I think he could have a really nice season, be a player that I don't know that anyone's talking about as a lock 53-man roster player. Don't be surprised if he's still on the team and maybe even making an impact in 2023. Now, on to our main show. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. What's up, friends? Happy Father's Day! Welcome into another edition of the Pack a Day podcast. I'm your host Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL. You can follow the podcast at Pack a Day Podcast. Thanks for being here. For all the fathers out there celebrating Father's Day, I hope you have an amazing day. Personally, I'm going to be heading to Milwaukee to head to the Brewer game. Hopefully, they can continue their more recent winning streak and pick up their third straight game against the Pirates. But enough about baseball. We're going to talk about football, of course, and the Green Bay Packers as we do 365 days a year. Speaking of which, make sure to subscribe if you have not already. But today, I'm going to be going over the state of the Packers offense. If you missed yesterday's episode where we went over the state of the Packers defense, basically what we did is looked at last season's ranks, this year's expectations, some of the key questions surrounding the team, some players that will be back, some players that will be gone, some players that they added, and just kind of the overall outlook and the state of this Packers roster on defense. Today, we're going to be doing the exact same exercise, but we're going to be doing it on the offensive side of the ball. So I think in order to do so, just like we did yesterday, I think it makes the most sense to start with where this team ranked a season to go on offense. Now, unlike yesterday, when we talked about the defense, the defense is carrying over a ton of players from a season ago that are still going to be playing in 2023. The vast majority of that defense is made up of players that were here in 2022. On offense, this has the look and feel of a totally different offense in large part due to the fact that Aaron Rodgers is gone. Jordan Love is taking over. When you make that change, it's just going to inherently be a very different offense, but a lot of the wide receivers are different. Randall Cobb is gone. Alan Lazard is gone. To a lesser extent, Amari Rodgers and Sammy Watkins won't be playing as much. Your best blocking tight end in Mercedes Lewis is gone. But just in general though, starting with Rodgers, this is going to feel like a different offense. So we'll look at the numbers and statistics from a season ago. However, I don't think it's completely apples to apples like it was for the defense yesterday, simply because this is going to look and feel like an entirely different unit for Matt LaFleur's offensive side of the ball. All right, but let's start with the numbers. They were 17th in yards per game last year with 337.9 yards per game. They were 17th in passing yards per game with 213.6. And I want to talk about that number for a moment because on paper, and I think when we think about this going from Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love, that's going to be a change probably in the wrong direction, right? You're going from a Hall of Famer, four-time MVP, superstar quarterback in Aaron Rodgers to a first-time starter in Jordan Love. And I don't think anyone has the expectations that Jordan Love's just going to come in and immediately be better than Aaron Rodgers. That'd be pretty crazy, right? But, but I do want to talk that last year as a passing offense, 213.6 yards per game from a passing standpoint. And yes, it was 17th in the league and passing yards were down last year and defenses made it very challenging for opposing offenses. There's easily a world in which Jordan Love and this Packers offense 
could easily surpass 213.6 yards per game. Now, that is not the be-all, end-all of statistics. That doesn't mean that they are better. It doesn't mean they're worse. It doesn't necessarily mean any one specific thing, but this is not a, a you know well-oiled Aaron Rodgers offense that was throwing for 300 plus yards per game just in the passing game. This was a different season last year for Green Bay. And I don't think that that 213.6 passing yards per game is out of the question for Jordan Love and this Packers offense this year. So 17th last year in passing yards per game, 15th last year in rushing yards per game with 124.3 rushing yards per game, 14th in points per game at 21.8. They were tied for 10th with the least amount of interceptions with 12, tied for 20th with the least amount of footballs with 10, and tied for 14th in the least amount of turnovers with 22 total. They were 17th in third down percentage with a 39.5% efficiency on third down. They were 23rd in red zone touchdown efficiency, scoring a touchdown on 51.85% of their their drives into the red zone. They were 12th in offense by PFF's grades, you know, compared to the rest of the league. And they were 11th in offensive DVOA per football outsider. So on the high end of things, they didn't have a ton of interceptions. They were 10th. They were 11th in DVOA. They were 12th by PFF. So those were some good numbers. On the bottom side of things, they had a lot of fumbles with 10, which was you know 20th in the league. They were 17th in passing, 17th in total yards per game, 17th in th- uh, third down percentage, and 23rd in red zone efficiency. So somewhere between 11th, 12th, and about what, 17th, 20th, somewhere in that regards. I would put them right smack dab in the middle, right around 16th, 17th best offense a season ago if I had to rate them comparative to the rest of the league when you put together points, turnovers, yards, all of it, right right in the middle. If you want to you know, hedge that a little bit more towards 13th, 12th, you know, somewhere in there, sure, by all means, go for it. If you want to hedge it down a little bit, 18th, 19th, you could do that as well. But somewhere in that range is where their offense ultimately graded from a season ago. So what did they lose? What changed? So the players that they lost, surprise, Aaron Rodgers is gone. He is a member of the New York Jets. He, uh, we'll get to grades in just a moment. Sammy Watkins, who had played a decent amount to start the season, is gone and was clearly gone towards the end of last year as well, but he will not play any snaps for Green Bay this year. I promise you that. Randall Cobb is gone. Alan Lazard is gone. Jawan Winfrey, Amari Rogers, Mercedes Lewis, and Robert Tunyon. Interestingly enough, the running backs outside of Kylan Hill, who I think had one carry last year or something like that, but outside of Kylan Hill, like the entire offensive line and running back groups are totally back, but a major change at quarterback, a major change at wide receiver, and a major change at tight end. So interesting running back, offensive line, mostly the same quarterback, wide receiver, tight end, some major changes within that group. But Rodgers, Watkins, Cobb, Lazard, Winfrey, Amari Rodgers, Mercedes Lewis, and Robert Tunyon, the players that are gone. Last year, per my grades, again, grading every player on every play for the last, I don't know, seven, eight seasons now, whatever it's been, Aaron Rodgers I had with a plus 0.2 grade, Sammy Watkins, negative 3.65, Randall Cobb, plus 0.2, Alan Lazard, plus 2.7, Jawan Winfrey, negative 0.25, Amari Rodgers, negative 1.5, Mercedes Lewis, plus 4.25, and Robert Tunyon, negative 2.25. So the big players that they're going to be losing from a grade standpoint last year, Alan Lazard, plus 2.7, Mercedes Lewis, plus 4.25. On the other side of things, the two that they, you know, probably, or three that they're probably not going to miss too much, Sammy Watkins, negative 3.65, and then uh, Amari Rogers, negative 1.5, and Robert Tunyon, negative 2.25. Overall, if you were to take all of those players and put their grades together from a season ago, negative 0.3. 
So just like we talked about with the defense yesterday, there was some addition by subtraction. Now that's not totally going to be the case. And moving on from Aaron Rodgers is not going to be easy. I think Mercedes Lewis and Alan Lazard and even Randall Cobb to some extent are certainly going to be missed on this offense. But overall, if you take that group as a whole that they are replacing, they graded as a negative 0.3 last season. Can the incoming players grade better than that? That will remain to be seen. The other thing that's interesting here is we get to our incoming players for this team. I didn't really recognize this. I think if I probably had put two and two together or ever really looked at it, I would have been able to tell you this. But I think it's very interesting that the Packers didn't add a single veteran on the offensive side of the ball. Every player that is new to this roster in 2023 on offense is a rookie. Sean Clifford, Lou Nichols, Jaden Reed, Dontavian Wicks, Grant Dubose, Luke Musgrave, and Tucker Craft. Those are the new players that are in. Every single one of them is a rookie player. Now, I would also put on the in list this year, basically Jordan Love, right? Yes, Jordan's been on the team, you know, for three, you know, this is his fourth season. He's been on the team the last three years, but this is an entirely different opportunity for Jordan Love. So while he was there for a cup of coffee every now and then to kneel down the ball or come in for a few snaps against the Eagles, start one game against the Chiefs. Yes, that happened, but this is a new Jordan Love. This is his offense now. This is his team. He's the guy. He's going to be the face of this team in 2023. So while he was on the team already, clearly a much different role for Jordan Love. So that is the big change there. And I would almost put him as a new player on this team just because of that. But outside of Jordan Love, since that's sort of cheating, the only players that are new on this offense are all rookies. And I'll say one more time, Sean Clifford, Lou Nichols, Jaden Reed, Dontavian Wicks, Grant Dubose, Luke Musgrave, and Tucker Craft. Now, Offense for a lot of those players, for tight ends, it's really tough to have sound grades on offense just because blocking is so incredibly hard as a rookie. It's a good chance that those tight ends grade in the negative. Even if they are plus players in the passing game, the, if the blocking's not good enough, they could end up being net negative players overall. Jaden Reed, Dontavian Wicks, Grant Dubose, rookie players. We'll see what type of you know playing time they get, but from a first-year quarterback, probably going to be some hiccups there too. It wouldn't surprise me if those players graded in the negative. Lou Nichols, Sean Clifford, we don't even know if those guys are going to play. In fact, you know, if we're just being realistic about it, we're hoping we don't see much Sean Clifford and Lou Nichols because we want to see Jordan Love, AJ Dillon, and Aaron Jones, right? So there's a good chance that that group grades worse than that, you know, group that they're replacing from a season ago. And obviously a huge part of that is going to be Jordan Love and what he can bring to the table as a first year starting quarterback as well. All right, so let's look at the depth chart for Green Bay. And we'll just, of course, stay on the offensive side of the ball here. And a lot of these groups are really interesting. At quarterback, Jordan Love, Sean Clifford. You want to talk about a beautiful mystery? This season is a huge, interesting mystery box of epic proportions. We have no idea what we're going to get out of it. And that starts with Jordan Love. And I've told you guys over and over, people have asked me, it's the first point of conversation, whatever, if I go on a radio show in a different state or a different city and people want to know, how's Jordan Love look? How is he going to be this season? I had a friend ask me who's a big uh, football card collector, if they should hang on to all of their Jordan Love rookie cards and all those sort of things. And I'm I'm looking you in the eye. I, I have no idea. And I know that that's maybe not great. Like you're hoping for some sort of insight from me. That's why you're tuning in every day. I get that. I have no clue. I, I think that there's going to be some real positives. I think there's going to be some stumbles along the way. But if I had to like put into words, like what I think the entire season is going to be, I think it's going to be fine. 
I don't think it's going to be really good. I don't think it's going to be really bad. I think it's going to be some ups, some downs, some real moments of shine and some real moments of struggle. And I think the the more intriguing thing to me isn't necessarily that. It's more, how does he respond to those struggles? How does he respond to adversity? How does he respond when he gets the Steve Spagnolo treatment again and everyone's throwing the kitchen sink at him and blitzing him at a million miles per hour? You know, how does he, you know, respond to some week after he goes, I don't know, eight for 27 with 109 yards, a touchdown and three interceptions or something like that? Like there's probably going to be a week like that. And then how does he show up the following week? And those are the things that I'm more interested in. And at the end of the season, for those last three, four games, is he playing his best ball? Did he learn throughout the course of the season and get better? Or maybe he just, you know, tears it up from day one and never looks back. That would be even better, of course. But it's going to be a really interesting aspect to see how Jordan Love plays. And I think that's what's making the season so incredibly fun is we just don't know. And then same thing with Sean Clifford backing him up. Now, hopefully we just see him in preseason, right? I've seen some pretty darn good stuff out of Sean Clifford so far in preseason. And I was a little bit higher on him coming out of college than what a lot of other people were. I know a lot of people were upset with the fifth round pick. I thought the fifth round pick was rich. Would not have done that at that point. I would have taken Jaron Hall, who ended up going to the Vikings out of BYU. I liked him a heck of a lot better than Clifford, but I had a draftable grade on Sean Clifford, seventh round grade, and had no issue with Green Bay taking him if they liked him. I like his mobility. I like his arm. I like what he can potentially bring to the table. I'm excited to see him as a backup. So we talked yesterday on on the defensive side of the ball. We just went position by position and talked about how fun some of these groups are just to see what develops this year. Well, quarterback right there with Jordan Love and Sean Clifford and see how those two play. Hopefully Clifford just in preseason and Love throughout the course of the year, but either way, a uh, couple beautiful mysteries to see what they can bring to the table in 2023. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. Hey everybody, here on the Packaday Podcast, we're all about look good, play good, and that's why I'm super excited to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Oakley is changing the game and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, work out, or just want to look like Aaron Jones? Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today. Last season, I saw Aaron Jones wearing his signature Oakley sunglasses and I knew I had to have a pair. My Oakleys fit me perfectly and I've loved Oakley style since I was a kid. There's just that extra boost of confidence I get when I'm wearing them and that's why I wear them every single day. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses that allow for an expression of your own unique personality, there's more than meets the eye. With summer just around the corner, you're going to want to upgrade your sunglasses game right now. Check out oakley.com to get yourself a pair. Personally, I'm a huge fan of the frog skins. Did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? What the hell is that, you ask? It's a proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. Want to know more? I know you do, so head over to oakley.com and uh, do your own research. 
And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me? Try for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglasses brands in my life, and I can assure you, Oakley is not only the best looking, but the best quality out there. Head over to oakley.com for more information today. Running back is less so. Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon are destined to get the vast majority of the carries, assuming that both of them can stay healthy. I think that third running back spot is totally up for grabs. Lou Nichols, Tyler Goodson, Patrick Taylor, one of those guys probably solidifies that spot. They could just go with two running backs, maybe pull up a guy from the practice squad every now and again. But ultimately, probably Nichols, Goodson, or Taylor, one of those guys gets a spot. Less concerned about that because Dylan and Jones are going to get the lion's share of the work. And then it's just, you know, how much does Jones have left? I don't think there's any sign of Aaron Jones slowing down whatsoever. I think we expect to see another Aaron Jones-esque season out of him. I think Dylan's the more interesting one here. He looks a little bit more spry. As I mentioned, he made a juke in a practice that I have never seen him make. He's, you can tell he's making a concerted effort to make people miss at that, you know, the first wave of attackers to try to get to that second level. So we can start running over some corners and some safeties and making them make some business decisions. But I'm really excited what he can do uh, to see what he can do in a contract year and to see if he makes a jump as well. But I think running back a little less interesting, although I will say Tyler Goodson's looked great. He's got great speed. And if he can earn that number three spot, I'm really interested to see if they find some sort of package or role for him in this offense. Cause I do think there is something there with Tyler Goodson at wide receiver. I mean, how fun is this group? All rookies or second year players, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Jaden Reed, Samore Touré, Dontavian Wicks, Grant Dubose. And we have to throw Malik Heath in there too. And once the pads come on, we'll have a better feel for a lot of these rookies. And if Malik Heath can kind of keep the pace that he's been going at so far in rookie mini camps, mini camps and OTAs, but he's very much in the conversation for a spot, especially with Grant Dubose, a seventh round pick who has not been able to play. There's a chance that on Green Bay's draft board, that they had Dubose and in, 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 uh, you know Malik Heath right next to each other. That's well within the realm of possibility, like separated by almost nothing. So if Heath shows out and Dubose just doesn't do a whole heck of a lot and is injured the majority of the offseason, it's very possible that Malik Heath could make that jump. Maybe Bo Melton can get in that conversation as well. A seventh round pick from a season ago who Green Bay took off of Seattle's practice squad. There's a lot of fun, intriguing talent here, but Christian Watson, what type of jump can he make? Romeo Dobbs, same thing. Samori Toure, same thing. What does Jaden Reed give you as a rookie second round pick? Dontavian Wicks has been fun to watch when he's been out there so far. Fifth round pick, Grant Dubose, seventh rounder, Malik Keith we've talked about. That is a fun group. And to see what they're going to get out of those playmakers is going to be maybe one of the most fun things to watch in this entire season. At tight end, same thing. Luke Musgrave, Tucker Craft, two phenomenal rookies who have all the talent in the world. And it's going to be fun to see what they can do in 2023. We've talked about on, you know over and over how hard it is to play tight end as rookies, but Luke Musgrave looks ready to play. Um, you know, I think, was it Jordan Love that was bragging about how well he knows the playbook already? I think it was. Um, but either way, like Musgrave is going to play a ton of snaps. You expect Tucker Craft to get some snaps as well. Josiah DeGuar is probably going to get a little bit more of a chance and has a little bit more rapport with Jordan Love than I think he ever did with Aaron Rodgers. And don't, you know, completely undermine Tyler Davis either, who I think has a really good chance of making this team as a number four tight end. So that's another group I'm really excited to watch. Offensive tackle, Bakhtiari's back. Hopefully he's just as good as he's ever been. Yash Nyman and Zach Tom are battling it out at right tackle. Then you've got a trio of fun second-year players in Rashid Walker, Caleb Jones, and Luke Tenuta to keep an eye on. At guard, Elton Jenkins, John Runyon Jr., both of them solid starters. You know, obviously, J- Jenkins even better than that. 
Royce Newman. We'll see if he can kind of get back to, I think, a little bit better in his, you know, sort of the early years in Green Bay. I think he had a good year last year, but that's this is going to be a big season for him. And then can Sean Ryan do anything as a third round pick? That's another interesting name. And then at center, probably the one just as we ended with safety yesterday with a lot of unknowns. I think center with Josh Myers and Jake Hansen is certainly another version of that. Now, does Zach Tom move inside? Does he get involved? We've seen Sean Ryan move to center and practice a little bit there. The hope is that you don't have to move Elton Jenkins inside and have him play center at any point. He can just stay at left guard. But that's probably the one that leaves you a little bit more underwhelmed. But Josh Myers is going to be a huge, he was just a second round pick two seasons ago. And what type of jump he can make in year three. And if he can get a level of consistency, that would go a long way in solidifying that Packers offensive line. That brings me to the seven questions that are sort of surrounding this offense that we need answers to if we really want to know what type of ceiling this Packers offense has this year. We, it goes without saying, and we had a huge discussion about this on uh, another episode, but Jordan Love is number one, right? What does he bring to the table? What can he be? How great can he be? How bad is he? Like wh- where in the middle is there uh, a middle ground there? We just don't know what it's going to be. And it's going to be really fun to find out, but that's going to go a huge, huge portion of the way in defining what this Packers offense looks like this year. Number two on my list is can David Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins both stay healthy and can they dominate the left side of that offensive line? Or I guess the right side of the opposing team's defensive front, right? That is one of the best tackles in football. One of the best tackles I've ever had the joy of watching. Uh, One of the best guards in football right now. And if those two are tag teaming together on the left side, you are hoping for movement in the running game. You're hoping for flawless pass protection in the passing game. And if that can happen, that's going to go a long way in Jordan Love having confidence in his blind side and hopefully a place to run the ball on some key downs and in you know some situations where you need to pick up some yardage. You can trust Bakhtiari and Jenkins to get some movement and hopefully that running game going you know easily along the left side. So if Bach and Jenkins can dominate and get back to being one of the best left sides in football, that's going to go a long way for this Packers offense as well. And then let's talk about the other ones. We just talked about Myers, but Myers, John Runyon Jr., and then whoever wins out of Zach Tom and Yash Nyman. That's going to be the lesser side of the line. I don't think there's any question about that. Jenkins and Bakhtiari should be great. Then how does it go from center, right guard, to right tackle? Can Josh Myers take that jump and be a solid center, even closer, you know, a little bit better than what we saw even in his rookie year, where he was okay, not great, but okay. John Runyon Jr., who two seasons ago I thought was the best player on the Packers offensive line. And then, you know, Yash Nyman and Zach Tom, who have both shown some real positive signs, which one of those is going to win right tackle and just how well can they play? I think that is going to go a long way in just seeing where's the weakness on this offensive line. And if there is none, it's certainly going to help everyone else out on offense as well. What type of jump do the three second-year wide receivers make? Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Samore Toure. Romeo Dobbs, as I mentioned, is the leader in the clubhouse for second-year jumps. He's had a really great mini camp in OTA. Let's see if he can carry that over into training camp, regular season, etc. But Samore Toure, Christian Watson should be able to take a significant jump as well. That's a scary thought to think about when Christian Watson was already tearing things up in the second half of last season. Number five is how quickly can these rookie tight ends acclimate to the NFL? We've heard about how Musgrave has picked up the playbook. He's been great as a receiving tight end, some mishaps and blocking so far, but I think he's going to play a huge role. I think Tucker Craft's going to get a real opportunity as well, but how those two can play as rookies is going to go a long way to knowing what this offense can be this year. Can the red zone offense look better? They were really tough a season to go in trying to get into the end zone. They need to do a better job of converting those red zone opportunities into touchdowns and more points. Can they be better in that area of the field? 
And then last but not least, number seven is what does this Matt LaFleur offense look like without Aaron Rodgers? We just don't know. It could be better. It could be worse. There could be probably more uh, or less checks and audibles and, you know, getting out of running plays and things like that. Probably more using the middle of the field, you know, probably some more play action stuff, some more under center that Matt LaFleur wants to run, some more bootlegs, but probably not some of the superhero stuff that Aaron Rodgers can do either. So there's going to be a balancing act there, but what does this offense look like without Aaron Rodgers? And specifically, what type of plays does Matt LaFleur call? What type of scheme does he put together? It's all going to be very, very interesting. My prediction for this offense, I think we're going to see a very similar offense that we saw a season ago. I know I mentioned the same thing yesterday for defense, but what I'm looking for isn't statistics. It isn't numbers. It's growth. I want to see growth from week one to week 17 and hopefully beyond and this team playing its best brand of football at the end of the year with these young players. I think you're going to get a solid season from Jordan Love. I think you're going to get real flashes from Musgrave and Watson and Dobbs and Kraft and the playmakers on this team. I think you're going to see an increase in turnovers. How could you not? You had the most risk over risk, the most turnover risk averse quarterback of all time in the NFL. Like he has been insane at taking care of the football, being Aaron Rodgers. And now you're going to Jordan Love, who's already thrown a few balls up for grabs in practice and had a little propensity for doing that in his last year at Utah State as well. You're going to have an increase in turnovers. I think that's safe to say. But I think you're also going to see an increase in playmaking. And I think with Christian Watson, Samore Toure, Jaden Reed, Romeo Dobbs, Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, Luke Musgrave, Tucker Craft, I think we're going to see some more yards after the catch and some more playmaking ability for this offense as well. And at the end of the day, I think you end up with a middle of the road offense with real legitimate signs for promise long-term, which is like I said, I don't necessarily care where they end up statistically. I want to see them grow throughout the season and be playing their best brand of football at the end of the year. That's where I'm at for this offense. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you didn't get a chance to check out the defensive version, make sure to check that out from yesterday's podcast. I'll be right back here tomorrow with an all new episode, but until next time, and as always, go Pack Go. the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done at granger we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies count on real-time product availability and fast delivery call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done